Hi, I'm Patricia. Welcome to the 25th episode of A Breath of Song, a special day because Heidi McCurdy is joining us for a songwriter conversation. Hi, Heidi. Welcome. Hi. Thank you. She just did these great jazz hands. I wish you could have seen them. Gabrielle Roth says, dancing, singing, storytelling, and silence are the four universal healing salves, and where we have stopped them is where we have experienced the loss of soul. We're here to find wellness, one song at a time. Your voice is exactly what's needed. I'm coming to you straight from my home in Vermont, and Heidi, tell us where you're calling from. I'm calling from White Rock, British Columbia, Canada, which is also the unceded territories of the Semiama people and the broader Coast Salish people. Beautiful. All of our voices will turn up as they are today. And no matter what, we can feel the connection to our breath and vibration in our body. Let's find how good it can feel to sing. Last week, I shared My Song is a Drop, written by Heidi. Today, Heidi will be sharing the song Inside. We'll sing it several times so it can settle inside you and you can begin to trust it as a resource, let it move you into a state of flow. Then we get to enjoy a conversation with Heidi and we'll close out with the song again at the end. So let's start with a good yawn stretch. Oh, maybe roll your shoulders. Oh, stretch your back. Opening up space in your body. Let yourself feel how when the air comes in, it whooshes through your whole face, nose, cheeks, throat, into your lungs. Feel it moving back out again. Let it soften your face, soften your tongue and your jaw. Let's try some sliding the voice around just to feel it inside. Yeah, Heidi, I'll turn it over to you to share the song. Thank you so much. The song inside. I'll start with just speaking the words so that you can have them ready. My inner child sings a while dances in the ancient stream, a memory of all the songs that have come before, my soul has always been singing. And then we repeat that last line three more times. I've got my singing bowl here for a pitch reference. Mm, my inner child sings a in the ancient stream a memory of all the songs that have come before my soul has always been singing 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 so it might be helpful to go line by line do a little call and response i'll sing the first line and you can sing it back and again don't worry about getting it perfectly just grab what you grab and you can always listen back later if you'd like to go catch more of the details my inner child sings a while. My inner child sings while. Dances in the ancient stream. Dances in the ancient stream. singing my soul has 
My soul has always been singing. 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 So I'll sing it through again. And it's actually a round. So there, um, my idea is to have it sung four times. So I will bring in the harmonies as well. We'll go through the first part a couple of times to help you get the hang of it. And then we'll, we'll bring in the round. My inner child sings a while, dances in the ancient stream, a memory of all the songs that have come before. My soul has always been singing. My That just didn't last long enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all in the looper, so we could go on and on and on. <laughs> we might do a little more of it because it's just so beautiful. And part Thank of you. what I'm hoping for is that people can really settle into it. So I have a question, though, before we do it. Mm -hmm. Sure. When I heard this online, when you first sent it to me, I learned it because it's just so beautiful. Aww. And I was singing... My inner child sings wild. Ooh, I love that. It just took me to that space of, <sighs> of how as a child I felt so connected to, to wildness. Yeah. And so now hearing you teach it, and you said my inner child sings a while, right? Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to have to relearn it just a slightly different way. 
or maybe you tapped into what it actually is supposed to be and I hadn't realized it and now I know. <laughs> it makes so much sense though, yeah, yeah. I actually use the word wild a lot in my voice approach and the way I share songs and with multiple meanings. So it's, uh -huh. it's very interesting. It maybe maybe that's a missing key. Could you do it again for us? Just singing it once through and then adding the looper and just one more time, the whole way through. Sure, yeah, okay. It's so beautiful. Oh, thank you so much. That's really sweet of you to say. And last time I felt inspired to add a fifth part. So you can sing it as many times as you want. And the thing about this song that I wanted to experiment with is that once the parts drop out, it becomes a different song. Yeah. There's a totally different thing happening at the end than the beginning. So that was an, a, you know, an artistic experiment for me. So, nice. so that's just the only reason I just did it four times. But we could sing it as long as we wanted to. Well, do it as long as you really feel like doing it to let it settle in. Okay. My inner child sings a while, dances in the ancient stream, a memory of all the songs that have come before. My soul has always been singing. My so much for the welcome to share. I'm very grateful. So yeah, tell us how the song came about. Mm -hmm. I have a very specific memory of when and how the song came about. It was a few years ago and I was teaching singing at a summer singing camp for adults called Song Roots. I don't know if you've heard of it, but Carla Mundy, she's a local goddess of song here. Yeah, runs a lot of choirs and organizes amazing singing opportunities for people. So she created this singing camp. It's a retreat specifically for people who love to sing called Song Roots. And it's on this gorgeous little island in British Columbia. You take a little 20-minute ferry to get there. It's a really stunning sight, and she's been running it ever since for the past, I don't know, five or six years or something. Now I'm going random up, but the first year I went as a student... And, of course, dreamed of the opportunity to being able to share 
as a teacher there too. So, so then the next year I did get in, two years I got invited back as an instructor. So I taught vocal improvisation, and the second year or first I don't yeah, time is weird. So, anyways, one of the years I taught vocal improvisation and songwriting, and. Mm. On my breaks, I would wander around the forest there and uh, and sing. I wanted to explore connecting with nature more through singing and through my voice. So I, I just allowed myself to wander and play and sing with the trees and experiment. And a lot of what we were doing was outside as well. There was this gorgeous mezzanine that we sang in and we forayed out into this cathedral outside and, and sang for the trees. And so all of this music was really embodied in me and just singing with these gorgeous, wonderful humans every day for hours and hours and hours all day long. So it was really this dreamy experience. And so I was just feeling the music strongly. And I think after one of my songwriting classes, I was all inspired and revved up creatively. This song just started coming to me. The um, I don't really have a literal meaning for the inner child. It sings a while, but it was just like tuning into that playful spirit but more like a like a wonder you know a sense of wonder and awe and then um I was just sensing the currents of music that run through all of us and run through all of nature as well and how we're all connected and it's just it's this ancient um lineage sounds so direct but since then I've been picturing music as this way of love that's been passed down through the ancestors for generations and and cultivated by by humans over time in relationship with the world around them and their places and their creatures that they live with yeah connected with the ancientness of music and uh, my own body as as a vessel for this music to flow through and so the sense my soul has always been singing I believe we're all born musical from the work I've done in early childhood music education you know we're, we're born with the wiring to make music to understand music to to sense it to create it and then it depends on how much that's nurtured mm-hmm. will be how much somebody has comfort and confidence with music mm-hmm. on their own I was very fortunate to have a musical family now I'm on a tangent but that's um, okay. you know those those currents it's all related to the to the song I was very fortunate to have a musical family that nurtured my musicality and so I always knew I had music in me. You know, not everybody mm. has that privilege of knowing that, but I but I always did know that. And so that's kind of in the song too. My soul has always been singing. Whatever my soul is beyond me, it's part of this great music that's everywhere. That's beautiful. And I love the fact that you were connecting to this this playfulness as part of songwriting and as part mm-hmm. of being open to hearing whatever songs were going to appear. Mm-hmm. And I, I probably just came from one of the workshops, you know, either improv or songwriting, where we did a whole bunch of play, improv play and experimenting with ideas and, and just trying new things. So I felt that practice was very opening. Nice. So can you tell us a little bit about your relationship with your voice and how it has developed? You said as a child you felt you were very supported musically. Did that continue through? I mean, has your life been one smooth sail of I have a beautiful Uh voice, here I am, I love to hear myself (laughs) sing? No, I, I I could say in some ways it's taken me years to learn to love my voice. I always loved music and always felt music and knew it was important. In terms of my voice, I was extremely shy when I was growing up with using my voice. I was quiet and reserved and very well behaved. Uh-huh. And, um, and uh, I sang by myself and I sang with my family. So my mom's side of the family, um, we had these events where everybody would sing for hours and hours and hours. Um, my mom and her siblings, my grandfather, her father was a, was a Baptist minister. So they all grew up you know, four of them with both of my grandparents singing and playing music together all the time, mostly in the gospel world. So that kind of became a family tradition. We'd spend all this time singing. So I, I sang there with my family. And then um, my parents, my mom and dad, they were super into music. So they played this great music all the time. But again, I was just, I was so shy to share my voice. So when no one was in the house, I would stand on the little tile hearth around the fireplace. And that was my stage. And I'd sing my heart out into the living room <laughs> you know these these songs that I learned from my parents great record collection and other stuff I was finding on my own I'm picturing about 12 years old or something yeah but then I'd go to audition for a school play and just a squeak and a whisper is all that would come out 
one day someone at my school, my high school, decided to start a choir and I was so excited because I just wanted to sing. And I showed up to the audition and my friend went ahead of her and and the choir director said, oh, that's such a musical name. So then when I went up, my mind went, oh, I hope my name's musical. I hope that she thinks I'm musical too. And then I tried to say my name and it came out all funny. And so this little anxiety and shyness, so much shyness around my voice. Anyways, so skipping a few years, but it always called me. And every time there was a chance to do some music, I just went for it, even though I was scared, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so then when I was around 19, I happened to become friends with some people through the restaurant I was working at, and they played music all the time. They'd sit and chat and, and just play on their instruments and noodle around, and we'd hang out all day. And I, So I had all these, like songs, this this impulse to sing coming up in me, but I held it in and I held it in and I held it in because I didn't feel comfortable or safe with my voice. And so eventually I was like, hey guys, can I sing with you? Can I just, can I just sing? <laughs> I went to bed a little, yeah. And they're like, yeah, hello, of course you can. And and so then, then that started this like being in a band stuff. And I fell in love with someone who my daughter's father, and we ended up putting this band together. And so basically it was like from, I, I'm so scared, I don't even know if I can sing. I, I, I hope so, I love singing. And then, oh, I'm singing, oh, I'm performing. So it was a really quick transition into songwriting and performing. But even then, I was still super inhibited. You know, I still was finding my voice. So what really shifted was when I discovered vocal improvisation. And I feel so lucky to have discovered that world through through Rhiannon and Laurel Murphy mm -hmm. in my early 20s. So basically within a couple of years of stepping out and deciding I can't hold the music in me any longer, I got to let it out. Mm -hmm. I discovered vocal improv. So that opened up these new ways of playing and letting go of expectations and creating in the moment. And that's been a lifestyle for me since then. So... Yeah, living into that more and more fully has allowed me to step further and further into exploring ways of expression that feel really authentic to me. And that's coming out in my songwriting, that's coming out in my teaching. So that was like the permission, just constantly giving myself permission. Yeah, try stuff. Yeah, try stuff. You might not like it. That's okay. Just keep trying stuff and see what you discover. So I asked you to come on the show because when I watch your videos online, you radiate pleasure in making music. Oh. It just, it comes right through the screen. Mm. So can you tell me why you agreed to come and talk? Did this feel like a huge risk? Yeah, that's a really good question. Thank you for saying that. Um, I feel like in the last few years, I really have tuned into the kind of bliss place available for music, the, mm. the sort of deep delight of fully surrendering to the music and really experiencing the resonance and the breath and so that's interesting to hear that you feel my delight and love of the music through the screen yeah I was so excited I saw you talking about this and you know sometimes you just feel a spark that's a yes I hope that happens and it almost it feels like a thread of possibility and sometimes it's like oh it's a faraway dream sometimes it's like that feels close like that could happen I could see that I've respected you as a songwriter. Pretty recently I've discovered your your music and fallen in love with some of your songs. And then also since the pandemic, I've been discovering other song leaders and songwriters through the online world, which is so special, such a gift. And so seeing that you're building this community of bringing people in to share their stories, it's really special and magical. And so I was excited. I mean, it was a big yes for me. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. So just ducking back quickly into your childhood, this mm -hmm. might be tricky because, because there was so much music, but do you have an earliest song memory? I've got a few funny little memories. I was meditating on that. I don't actually remember the specific song. It was some hymn. I used to visit my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side a lot, and we were in the car, and I was five years old, and they decided they were going to try and teach me to harmonize. So... They were teaching me to harmonize and showing me how to do like the melody above that goes along with it. Uh -huh. And then, so I guess we tried it out for a bit. And then I remember I was singing harmony and they were singing the, the melody and they were pretty excited because <laughs> they love music so much. Yeah. I don't remember what the song was. Oh, I have a silly memory of going on a road trip with my best friend in probably grade six and 
we were goofing around and I had this thing where if I wanted to sing something, I had to do a goofy voice. I couldn't do okay. a, my normal yep. voice. Yep. Have, other people might relate. I had to, I had to sing it funny because I couldn't use my real voice. And, and so we were playing around and then I started singing this. Oh, it was like jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? And so I started singing that in a silly voice. I'd found this kind of bigger voice inside of me and I started playing with it and just having this experience like, oh, that's me? I can sound like that? That's interesting. I've never heard myself sound like that before. So I was on my own little planet playing with this. Eventually the parents like, okay, that's, let's listen to something else now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't, you know, some people have moments like that that are shaming. It wasn't a shaming moment. It was just like, I got excited about something and I realized, okay, this is, this is my journey to explore on my own time in other ways, you know. That is really cool. Yeah. And it's really interesting <laughs> because now in vocal pedagogy, one of the things that you encourage people to work with is experimenting with, you know, with a Donald Duck voice for a little while, mm -hmm. or things to find yeah. twang sounds and to feel what it's like to move your voice around in different ways, because it's all options, right? And the point is to yeah. find the ones that you love and that work with you, but you can't find them unless you stretch, try the weird ones. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that before, but maybe by playing in a way that felt like I was hiding my voice. I was actually exploring vocal technique mm. in different ways to bring it out. That's the instinct, instinct of a child, hey? So you know this podcast is about singing for wellness. Can you mm -hmm. tell me what singing for wellness might mean to you? Mm -hmm. It's something I've been really, really keen and curious about and really feeling called to learn as much as I can about what that means in, in my own ways. So I've been studying some sound healing and also, you know, working with expressive arts approaches to voice. I find it really interesting that there's this whole physiological response that happens when we sing. And I'll say, especially when we sing in a place that doesn't put a lot of pressure on us, because there are different physiological responses maybe that happen in a, a very strict sort of thing. Although for some people, they, that calls out their best with their voice as well as their, their most, you know, excitement with their voice. But, you know, there's all these physiological changes that happen when we sing. It activates our parasympathetic nervous system, also activates the vagus nerve. The parasympathetic nervous system calms the fight or flight. Mm -hmm. So we can come into a healthier, more balanced place, calmer, which is good for our immune system. It activates the vagus nerve, which there's a lot of research being done around that now, stimulating the vagus nerve. It runs from the brain down through the neck and all the way through the body. And that's showing a lot of promise in treating anxiety and depression. Scientists are even going in and directly stimulating the vagus nerve with an electrode. So we can actually do a much gentler way of stimulating that by singing, which is amazing. Singing slows our blood pressure and our heart rate and deepens our breathing. It also generates all kinds of happiness hormones and chemicals in our brain, neurotransmitters and oxytocin from, you know, connecting with others as well. And so there's all this beautiful, beneficial stuff that happens in our body when we sing. It goes, oh, yes, I know how to be whole and well. And it, it sort of finds that place. And then there are the other levels of singing, too, that contribute to our wellness. The mystery of it, the mystery and the beauty of it, and the way that singing has this magical ability to, to connect beyond space and time even, to connect and reach out beyond our bodies and communicate with the world around us. Mm. So all of that as well. I think of it as a spiritual level, and into that word means different things to, to so many different people. You know, I think of it as that which is beyond ourselves that we can connect with. Mm -hmm. Oh, and also self-expression. Singing releases old stuck energy and just the expression of our inner world and our, our authentic self. I believe that is very healing as well. I am wishing on this podcast that everybody could see your hands. I can see you because we're doing a Zoom call. And mm -hmm. Heidi has these most beautiful, expressive hands that are speaking almost as much as her voice is in demonstrating the connection and the, the breadth. <laughs> I'm wondering whether the motion that you're showing in your body and, and then what you're saying with your voice, you are a certified expressive arts therapist. Can you tell us what yes. that means and mm -hmm. why did you become certified? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting that you brought that out from the 
uh, alignment of energy sort of running through my body when I talk about these things I get excited about. So expressive arts therapy is different from music and art therapy because it's intermodal. So it's not about any one particular art form. It's actually about creativity and imagination and how it can flow through different forms. Mm. So it's really about personal imagery and also very much about exploring an idea or an image or a personal metaphor through different modalities and seeing how they amplify each other and what we can learn by kind of going in more deeply through different creative ways of exploration. What are some things that people could do with a song at home? Suppose they've just been singing with you on this podcast, so they've been singing My Inner Child Sings a While. Mm -hmm. And then what kinds of things might they do that would take that out of just a song modality and connect it with other modalities? Can you just name some Mm. examples? Ooh, yeah. That's a fun question. So, you know, one thing, you can sing the song and you could tune into your inner experience, your somatic awareness and see what does it bring up for you? Does it bring up memories? Does it bring up, how does a song affect your body and your heart? And what, what is it teaching you about yourself? Also, I would say with a song, you can always step away from the song form. I might be going, my inner child sings a while. And let it take you. Like, where does, if there's a phrase that has particular meaning for you or some kind of resonance, what happens if you follow it and see where it goes and let go of the form Mm. and just follow your imagination? So that would be one way. And then you could also, after a singing experience, you could get out some pencil crayons or felts or inexpressive arts. We use a lot of paints and pastels. Um, But you could use any art material you have. I love my little colored pens. I won't show you on the screen because it doesn't matter. (laughs) I love my little colored pen collection. But yeah, and just start doodling. You could even doodle while you sing. Draw some shapes and colors and lines that convey the feeling that you're experiencing from singing or after singing. You could write, you know, do some free writing, uh, seven-minute stream of consciousness writing and then see what comes of that. You might even find that you've got some lyrics that could become something new. Mm, Nice. The other thing, which is a very obvious connection with music that I almost forgot for a second, is dancing, is movement. I feel like when when we move freely with music, to music, whether we're singing or listening, it's a way to embody the music and actually embody the gifts of the music and really feel it through your body. So if there's a song that's particularly resonant with you, and you wanted to explore it, get up and move with it and see, just see what comes. Notice what your intuition speaks to your heart. I'm doing improvisation right now online with a couple of other singers and with a couple of movers. Mm. And I was talking with the mover right before we started at one point, and she was saying to me, we were talking about the inner story of the song. Ah. That's maybe not always audible in the words, or some, but there's there's some kind of an inner story. And she was saying, I, I said, what is that like for you as a mover? And she said, all of my movements come from the inside, even if it's the tips of my fingers moving. It comes from the very core of me and out through the tips of my fingers. Wow, I love that. That's amazing. And I think that speaks to, I think of music as a, as a multidimensional dimensional kind of experience you know it's got the words but it's got all these layers of elements to it that create the feeling and the mood and all the the magic that music does is from these layers so there's the rhythm the melody the tone of the person singing it the sounds of the instruments the space in it the notes in it and all of that works together so there's a lot more to a, a piece of music than the lyrics right so I love that tuning into the inner story And it's unique for all of us as we experience the music, too. So you might remember that the intro quote was from the dancer Gabrielle Roth, who said, dancing, singing, Mm -hmm. storytelling, and silence are the four universal healing salves. And where we have stopped Mm -hmm. them is where we have experienced the loss of soul. And I chose that quote for your interview because you seem to have Mm -hmm. found a way to integrate all of these arts into your life. You recently developed a course for, and you're going to have to help me on the pronunciation, the Langara? 
Langara. Langara yeah. College yeah. in Vancouver mm -hmm. in expressive mm -hmm. arts. Could you tell us a little bit about that process of developing a course? How did you choose what to teach? What were you searching for? Yeah, yeah it's, a, oh, it's a great question. I'm, it's a question I'm very excited about that journey, that part of my journey. So I did the training in that program myself 10 years ago, an expressive arts therapy um, certificate program. It's a two-year program. Absolutely wonderful. And I loved the teachers and my classmates, and I loved everything. I also longed for a bit more music because music would be my primary modality. So there wasn't a specific course on music. It was just we had access to it. It was something we were able to use anytime we wanted to. So after I finished that, I thought I would really like to know what sorts of things might be music-specific that fit into the expressive arts world because expressive arts you know it's not about teaching how to do something it's about opening up imagination in the moment it's very much about spontaneous expression and also exploring intermodality so that sparked my own research journey about hmm what might I do with music and so I drew from the improv world that I lived in for you know the past however many years and also I did a bunch of research I read a bunch of books about what other people were doing some of them I was able to go mm, that's that's a bit of a different world that's a bit too structured or um, psychoanalytical for what we do in expressive arts also I was teaching early childhood family music classes and so I was really immersed in a, in a, a like a, a play-based musical world that's informal, where people are just invited to participate and participate in their own way. So that way was becoming very familiar to me. And I also did some trainings with like music for people about community collaboration with music. So looking for, for things, ways of sharing musical experiences that are like in expressive arts, we use the term low skill, high sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to know how to do the thing in order to experience it and immerse yourself in it. And you can also tune into your inner experience through it or have some transformational shift. So yeah, so um, to sum that up, I did a bunch of research around different things different people were doing and pulled out things that felt resonant and relevant to me that I understood with my own experience, as well as drawing from the improv world. And then, yeah, so I actually dreamed of teaching that class. Ever since I did the course, I thought, I would love to grow into the person who could teach a voice and music class for this department. And so 10 years later, they had been thinking about it and they asked me to create the course. I had helped it out a couple workshops before and so, yeah, so they invited me to come and create a course. And so in discussion with them and in clarifying, you know, expectations and, and what exactly they're looking for, then I got to pick out some of my favorite things with voice and music and then also explore them intermodally. We have some times where we do vocal play, instrument play, and then also where we, we move to music and we draw or paint to music and we do writing and sharing and playing each other's art with sound. It sounds like you've really lived into what you want to be doing. Yeah, it's, it's exciting for me. I, I love that edge of creative impulse. I love that what's going to come next, you know, what inspiration is going to come next from the muse and then having that freedom to follow it, which I've certainly worked hard to cultivate in myself to have that freedom because there's a lot of conditioning in the society that that's like a waste of time or weird, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, so um, cultivating within myself that permission to say yes to the creative impulse and go with it is very exciting for me. And so I, I love to be in situations where I share that with others as well. So what are some ways that you take care of yourself to be able to, to nurture that creative impulse, to be able to be who you are, no matter what society's mm. messaging has been? What are some of the ways that you take care of yourself that aren't singing? Mm -hmm. Uh, well, dancing is one. I actually dance just about every morning. And I say dance very loosely, you know, free movement, uh, intuitive movement, expressive movement with music. I look forward to it as a beautiful part of my day. If I'm feeling disconnected or getting ungrounded, I, I try and remind myself, oh, I need more dancing, more dancing. I also journal. In my early 20s, I started doing a you know, kind of loose variation of the Artist Way morning mm -hmm. pages. So, so a lot of people are familiar with that. Julia Cameron's book. I don't do the full structure, but I, I try and do some free form writing, journaling every morning, 
to get in touch with my emotions and organize my thoughts and plan my day. And then time in nature, always want more of that. I did a master's degree in arts education that I just finished last year. A big part of that was sort of connecting with, with nature, actually place-based learning. There's a lot of weaving in of indigenous ways of knowing. And I found that these place-based contemplative journeys, writing and drawing in nature and listening and learning from what wisdom would arise from the land was so nourishing for me. And I thought, oh, more of that, please. Yes, always. Mm -hmm. And it was a, a reclaiming of a delight that I had in childhood, spending time outside singing and writing. And so always wanting to give myself more of that, you know, more of that contemplative time in nature, but often even just a, a walk and, and paying attention, paying attention to what flowers are blooming or leaves are changing color in my neighborhood. That's very nourishing for my soul. Yeah. Oh, you know, another thing that's become really important, I've learned how important it is to me in the past few years is, I'll call it sisterhood, women support circles specifically. There's a format, a way of relating that it's happening in men's circles too. And, you know, not to be gendered about it, but from what I've experienced is this, this way of relating where people listen and hold space for each other. And it becomes an empowering, healing, safe space. Yeah, so women's circles and unfacilitated, co-collaborative kind of support groups holding space for each other. That's become really an important way of nourishing my soul and uh, helping me feel grounded and connected. Mm. As well as improv. <laughs> Little imp you know, improv circles that I've been having online since the pandemic. Those have really, really kept me going. Not that it's a matter of going or not going, but I, I notice a huge difference when I'm having regular improv sessions with the, the groups of friends that, that I meet up with. I love that you've couched several of these. You've said, I notice when I don't do this. Mm -hmm. And so then I come back, I want mm -hmm. to come back and, and add more in. It's like, I, I'm paying attention and I notice my disconnect. Mm -hmm. And I can say to myself, oh, I'm not, I'm not doing as much dancing or I'm not gathering with other women as much as I want to or yeah and it helps t it, it, with singing as well yeah. too of course I mean, you know when you notice something is dragging or lacking and it's just remembering I have these medicines that I'm so familiar with these ways of life these practices that can bring you out of the funk and lift you up and you know, it's it's interesting sometimes I'm you know I might be feeling draggy and foggy and and then I'll do some singing and I'm like oh there I am. There I am. I love that. Mm -hmm. We're about to go into the lightning round, but before we do, okay. I learned from a mutual friend, shout out Laurel Murphy, that your dog is named Dreamer. Can you tell us how that mm -hmm. name appeared? Sure. When my daughter was about nine years old, she was really into a book series called Avalon. And in this series, the protagonist was, um, she was part fairy and part human. So she would travel back and forth between the worlds of fairy and the uh -huh. humans. And she had a pet wolf named Dreamer. So my daughter always wanted a pet wolf named Dreamer. <laughs> and then when she was 15 years old, I was ready to have a dog. So got her a dog for a birthday. But he's not quite a wolf. He's a little nine-pound multi-poo. <laughs> Who might think he's a wolf. Cute. <laughs> yeah, he definitely does think he's a wolf. Um, yeah, and then she grew up and moved out a few years later, so now he's he's my dog, and he gets to visit her sometimes. But the wolf's name in the book was Dreamer. And so now the dog's name is Dreamer. That's lovely. So she named him. Yeah, I'll have to get the name of the author of that series from you, and we'll put it in the show notes. Great, along yeah. Along with some of the other things that you've referenced. Nice. So are you ready for the lightning round? All right, I'm ready. Quick answers, quick questions, okay. quick answers. What's an album that was really important to you? Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. That is a template for all the rest of the music that happens in the rest of my life. There's something in that. It opens up to improvisation really beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. And that sense of beauty and rhythm and depth. and. Mm. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite soup? Tom Kha Gai, Thai soup, coconut milk and chicken. What is your favorite replacement curse word? The one you use when you're in the band, on the stage, and something drops on your toe and you can't say what you might say. Yeah, I've got a few little silly things. Sometimes I make them up in the moment, but one, I like to say crikey. Crikey is a really funny, <laughs> fun, crikey. Or um, I'll make up funny sounds like flark. Flark. I like flark. Yeah. 
And then uh, one day, a, one day, a friend said, "Shut the front door," and I was like, "What did you say?" She said, "Shut the front door," and I cracked up. So I like that one too. That's a good one. What's a sound you feel strongly about? I love my singing bowls. Having some singing bowls around me to play and and for my own singing meditation for improv, for um, all of the classes that I teach. I use them all the time now. I'm in love with my singing bowls. They have this really strong resonance that fills you up and amplifies whatever sound I add to it as well with my own voice. You want to just play one again? Mm -hmm. Let me hear you. This is a crystal one. It's a very direct sound. that you wished more people listened to? <sighs> well, what's coming to mind is a couple of artists that their music has been thrilling my soul lately. You know, I mean, I, I would, there's, of course, there's all my wonderful teachers and colleagues and I want their gorgeous music to be shared and, and listened to more. But a couple specific things. These are people I listen to when I'm in the car and I'm driving for an hour and I've got time to really dig in and also sing my guts out or be amazed and marveling at the wonder of their creativity. So um, one album I really love is called Wild by an artist named Amber Lily. There are two Amber Lilies. One is a youth singer and so it's not that one. She's another one. She lives in Hawaii and she wrote a song called Woman. That is where I discovered her. There was some video I saw of somebody dancing to it. And I just, I, I feel like her songs fit my voice. They make me want to sing along. And they have these gospel harmonies with really relevant messages of positivity and eco-awareness and things like that. So I, that's a really fun album. For people who love to sing, that's a good one. And then also I've been really enchanted by Dominique Fies Aimé. She's, she's a Canadian artist. She lives in Montreal. Her albums are identified as funk. I don't know if it quite captures it. It's like ethereal soul. She does really interesting things with harmonies. The first album I discovered of hers, I think it's called Red. There's just drums and voice. Layers of voice and harmony and rhythms. And yeah, oh, she cool. does this really exquisite, fascinating stuff. All right. Well, I will get links from for those from you so that we can put those in the show notes too so people can find those artists. Great. Before we close, where can we find you and follow your projects? Ah, thank you for asking. My website is HeidiMcCurdy.com. And on there, I have some of my older music, and that's also where I list my current offerings. So my, my courses that are available, my Voices Wild class, my Soul of the World Choir. And then I also have a free gift of music on there. It's called Soul Harmony Singing Meditation. So I created that to share with people for free. And it's an eight-minute track of vocal toning with layers of harmony. So it's designed to be an experience to invite you into exploring your inner music and playing with your voice and exploring your resonance. So that's there on my website. And then also I, I share videos and musings about music um, and art and life on my, my Facebook Heidi McCurdy music page. Okay. So you can also find me there. Great. Huge thank you for joining us, Heidi. Thank you so much for having me. What a delight. What a joy to share and talk with you about, about music. And a huge thank you to you, our listeners. I'm so glad that you are singing with us. Let me remind you that reviewing, hearting, sharing the podcast really makes a difference. Helping people we don't even know yet find these songs and these songwriters. Visit abreathofsong.com to see lyrics, Patty Piotrowski's artwork, sign up to know when the next episode is released, suggest a song or a songwriter for the podcast, and leave something in the tip jar to help cover costs. Before I get paid, 25% is donated to the Jazz Foundation of America to support jazz roots and blues musicians in need because their music is at the core of so much of the music that we love and share on these podcasts mm -hmm. and those artists have been historically underpaid and undervalued and unrecognized. 
Let's sing the song inside again to help our brains remember it. Now they've had a chance to kind of forget it. But of course, you can always download the episode and listen as many times as you'd like. Heidi? My inner child sings wild, dances in the ancient stream, a memory of all the songs that have come before. My soul has always been singing. My For joining Heidi and me today for a breath of song. I'm grateful that you're taking care of yourself and listening to your voice. I believe making a better world starts with tuning into ourselves and each other, which is what we just did. So yay us. If you're liking this podcast, please share with a friend and next time we'll plant another song. Be well. <laughs>